This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, specifically the Arsenal News and Transfer News Show. I hope you're doing good and well and joining you on Saturday. Thank goodness the weekend is finally here and we've got some pretty darn good weekend news to go through, uh, hence the step up in the wackiness of shirt. That, that said, for those of you that understand how green screens work, you might understand the pains I've had this morning to try and not blend in with my background. <laughs> but we've sorted it, thank goodness. And uh, it pains me to have to go and try and change a T-shirt. So I just spent ages on the technical side of things fixing it. Anyway, good morning to everybody. Hope you're all doing good and well in the chat box. Good morning to Matt G, who has suggested our poll for this morning. So I have gone with Matt, uh, Matt's suggestion and the poll today is which player or which is the most important to secure after Gabriel Jesus who will of course talk plenty more about soon uh, and your options are Rafinha Martinez, Alessandro Martinez that is, or another central midfielder, uh, central midfield option like a Tielemans or you know someone similar to that and at the moment Martinez is winning quite considerably 41% to Rafinha's 33% to a central midfield 26 percent very interesting indeed good morning to fletch to anthony to ollie to stevie to rohit good morning guys to philly guna uh i suppose i should have shouted your name considering you shouted mine uh martin good morning or uh, good morning to you rich Kanu, kudu uh goku good morning black shine isn't goku from i haven't watched mandalorian yet but i'm sure it's i'm sure it's from there uh rancid good morning to you jose uh vuk uh ian matt g good morning guys uh simon timmy bruce matt g I've already I've already said hello to you, to be fair. AFC West Mids, Aiden. Good morning. Um, good morning to Rick. Good morning to Danger. Close to Echo, uh, to Michael and to Weedy uh, and everybody else who I unfortunately can't go through all of your names. Uh, I wish I could, but uh, I can't. It's from Dragon Ball, apparently. I didn't watch that either. So uh, <laughs> watch the subscriber count just plummet now. You didn't watch Dragon Ball? What? This wasn't part of my... Uh... My uh, my watching uh, when I was younger, unfortunately. Anyway, let's crack on with today's stories. We start off with Nuno Tavares, who is continuing to have interest growing him. We told you about Atalanta. We told you about Marseille. 
And continually, he is being linked with several moves across Europe. Lots of European teams are interested in bringing Nuno Tavares to the club. And specifically, they are looking to try and bring in um, a player that they feel is going to kind of... I feel he can smash it on the continent. I think his style suits that of football on the continent more than the Premier League. So I'm not surprised there's so much interest in him. Most of it is just loans. Uh, there isn't really any kind of buying interest right now. Uh, and if there is, Arsenal would ask for quite a significant fee for him, which is probably one of the big reasons as to why there's not much interest regarding a, a possible permanent contract. But Arsenal need to try and use this situation to the best of their abilities to make a significant kind of profit on a loan fee uh, as much as they can. And of course, get as many of his wages off the wage bill as they feasibly can. So I'm looking forward to seeing where Tavares ends up. But it does seem as though it is reliant upon Arsenal getting in a replacement. And we all, of course, know who that replacement is and we'll come on to him very shortly indeed. Now, Atletico Madrid have positioned themselves alongside the likes of Roma and Real Betis to try and claim Hector Bellerin this summer from Arsenal. Arsenal's price tag has not changed whatsoever. €10 million Euros is the asking price. Would not be a problem for Atletico Madrid if they wanted to bring him in. The issue that Arsenal have is that Hector Bellerin is just very, very married to the idea of um, moving to Betis. And very, very married to the idea of trying to get this deal done. Um, I, I don't think that Betis have the money. I don't think that even if Bellerin gave up a significant portion of his wages, that they could still do it. They're in a financial situation where they need to make a considerable amount of money. And in fact, they've already had deadlines pass to try and make money. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm not sure how many players they've already sold this summer. I'm just going to do a quick check on it. But I'm pretty sure that they needed to sell the likes of Guido Rodriguez, um, William Carvalho, of course, who you know very much about because he was linked to Arsenal quite significantly. But they had to get players off the books if they wanted to bring Bellerin in. And so far, we've not really been able to see too much movement on that. Um, but they have indeed so far sold in 2022. Uh, Joel Robles has gone and Christian Tello has gone, but there's been no sales, uh, no sales so far for Betis. So they are in a little bit of bother right now if they want to try and get hold of Hector Bellerin. Now, Marseille, according to RMC Sports, have propositioned a 25 million euro offer for William Saliba, significantly less than what Arsenal paid. In fact, it's around 10 million euros less than what Arsenal paid Saint-Etienne to bring into the club. Unbelievable, considering the fact that he has significantly improved since Arsenal bought him. But Marseille are not exactly flush with cash right now. And it seems to be the most expensive sign that they could possibly put towards. If Arsenal have any any glint in their mind of trying to accept this, I will be fuming. But for, I, I have no reason why Arsenal would accept an offer of around that. The only thing that Marseille are hoping for is that Saliba kind of pushes through a potential move. We know that he's open to going back. They know he's open to going back, but he has also come out and said that it is a shame. It would be a shame if it ended with Arsenal now. And Arsenal have already come out in Mikel Arteta and said that he wants him to come back. He must come back was the words that he used. They want to integrate him into the team. They want to use him in the squad. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. There has been some whispers around Arsenal trying to agree a brand new contract for Saliba as well. So let's see how this one plays out. I personally am not concerned right now about Saliba um, and his potential uh, future at Arsenal. I think that he will be an Arsenal player for next season. That's my feeling as of 
the 25th of June. Uh, of course, things in football change, but that is my feeling, being fairly confident that Saliba will be an Arsenal player for next season. I'll be getting involved with um, pre-season as soon as it starts uh, for him. Of course, he played in the international break, so it does mean that he's got an extended holiday. So we won't be returning to the club early unless he himself wants to. Um, the players return to pre-season in just two days' time on Monday. So uh, we look forward to seeing that and plenty of images, I'm sure, coming out from the club as pre-season starts in earnest. Moving on to the potential ins, and Rob Tanner of The Athletic have said that you know Arsenal um, must be fairly confident uh, about the idea that Tielemans could still move to the club later on in the transfer window. He said, I'm not convinced that Arsenal have him as one of their top picks. They like him. He will be on the list on deals they would like to do, but they've got other priorities. And the thing is, top picks is not to do with like the position of central midfield, because certainly Tillemans is up there with the top picks of central midfielders. But in regards to the priorities of specific players that Arsenal want, Tillemans just is not at the top right now. You've got Jesus, who is right at the top. You've got Rafinha, you've got Lissandro Martinez. And then fourth on that list is the central midfield role of which Tillemans has led. But even then, they've called their interest in the player quite significantly in the last couple of weeks or so, as we've discussed at length. It's not a deal that I would say is completely and entirely dead, because whenever is a deal, things change very quickly in football. But it's just not a deal that I would say, as of today, is likely to happen at all. And if it is, it isn't going to happen until a little bit later on in the window. But Arsenal should not get it twisted. They probably still need a midfielder. That said, the next man we're going to talk about can play, of course, in defensive midfield. But is that more of progressive midfield that I wanted to see Arsenal go for? Speaking of which, Lissandro Martinez, Arsenal are, quote, on it, according to Fabrizio Romano, who says that Arsenal are pushing very hard to try and sign Lissandro Martinez. There's been whispers and rumours around agents flying about all over the place. Uh, how true these are is still yet to be seen. But Arsenal certainly want this guy. Mikel Arteta is a big, big fan of Lissandro Martinez. And for me, after Jesus, he is the primary for me. If Arsenal can get Lissandro Martinez into the club this summer, it would be one of, in my view, one of the coups of the summer transfer window. He is a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, so I'd be looking forward to seeing this happen if indeed it does. Uh, speaking of who would be my next choice after Martinez to get done and the most likely that Arsenal probably will move to get done is Rafinha, uh, the Brazilian international and Leeds United winger. Uh, after Arsenal, as we talk about in just a second with the whole Jesus situation, move on from their primary target. There is solid news that Arsenal will go in hard and return for uh, Rafinha and try and place that next bid and go in and have their discussions around how much it's going to cost. Leeds United will now hold out for quite the figure. They have no need to sell. They have no need to accept a lower fee, especially when they've just been given a really high price for Calvin Phillips by Manchester City of around 40 to 50 million pounds. They're not exactly struggling for money at all. So Leeds uh, at this stage don't um, don't need to kind of be forced into selling Rafinha for a lower fee but to get to kind of reinvest. They've already been... Uh, boosted by that sale now that's going to be coming in for uh, for for him. Um, I'm seeing a lot of chat about Gakpo. Um, I don't know if I've just missed some news uh, dropping this morning, um, but specifically there were obviously were some links to uh, Leeds United. There's been no confirmation as of yet that that deal that I've seen will be going through, but a lot of you seem to feel in the chat box that it's quite a hot topic right now. Gakpo is one of the potential replacements for Rafinha. Spurs also were linked with a move for Gakpo yesterday 
as well. Jose says, is it at an advanced stage? Arsenal have bid, as we already know, for Rafinha. And Arsenal certainly wouldn't be bidding for a player if they didn't know that he was open to coming to the club. They've probably been given that kind of go-ahead in the sense that he would be open to it. But as we know, both Chelsea and Barcelona are of a preference to Rafinha should they also choose to move for the player. So Arsenal are being um, very aggressive uh, in this situation. So let's see. Uh, CJ says, Tom, I'm unsubscribing. Can't believe you ever watched Dragon Ball. So it just wasn't part of my thing when I was younger. I'm sorry. I can only apologize. There are a thousand people I'm admitting that to now on the stream. Anyway, let's move to our uh, headline story of the day. Uh, and hence why we've stepped up our shirt game for this morning, or T-shirt game in the case of today. Uh, and Gabriel Jesus will be coming to Arsenal as Arsenal and Manchester City have finally agreed on a £45 million deal to see the Brazilian international move to Arsenal. Um, reports earlier from, I think it was Mike Keegan, reported that he will move to Arsenal in the next seven to ten days. The reason for that time frame is that Jesus is currently on holiday after playing with, the, uh, with Brazil in the international break, so he has an extended break. He will be back at the start of July. He could then go away with the club for the German um, training camp, almost, I'm almost certain that he would go away with the club for the German training camp, could even be involved in the friendly against Nuremberg. I think he may miss that just and then would obviously go off to the US tour. But there's a chance that he could play in the Nuremberg friendly. So uh, let's let's see if that deal happens. Uh, the Arsenal Lounge, thank you for joining us this morning. It was a pleasure to see Shaheen and Lev last night. If you didn't know, uh, Lev finally paid up. For those that don't, want to, don't watch us, you should, on the Arsenal Lounge. Uh, we do a bet now where we do our season predictions and the person who has the worst score at the end of the season has to pay £50 a head, including themselves, towards a meal. And yesterday we had that meal and it was very nice indeed. Uh, and Lev coughed up £200 uh, for the meal. It was a very nice one. But uh, in regards to your question, Shaheen and Lev, uh, should we have gone for Phillips in the defensive midfield role? I don't think we we're going to have much of a chance of competing with Manchester City. And for me, you know, I'm not, I haven't been entirely sold on Calvin Phillips. He's not a DM DM, you know, he's he's kind of box to box more than that position. I wouldn't say he's coming in as a, a as a, um, a Rodrigo replacement. I think he'd be coming in as kind of that long-term Gundogan kind of figure, if you know what I mean. He's not as progressive as Gundogan. He's not as attacking as Gundogan, but he's certainly box to box. So I would kind of look to him more so there. I'm not necessarily sure that that's the, DM player, but neither is Tillemans. So in kind of who does fall into that Tillemans bracket, I, I think for me that it was going to be a struggle to compete with Manchester City for someone like him. Um, let's get some of your thoughts on Jesus in the chat box as we look to get this done. Uh, Baron says 45 million is a bargain. Sam Lowe says, come on, Jesus. Woo hoo. <laughs> Ryan says, saw Man City a link with Joao Felix after selling Jesus. That's interesting because I don't think that's necessarily a step up on Jesus at all. Uh, Jesus is coming, says Haroon. Um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Uh, Manu says the uh, the T-shirt and the moustache is on point. This is not an on-point moustache or beard, to be fair. This is just stubble uh, that stubbornly grows through my face. That's about it. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go to the second part of today's show, which is, of course, your questions that we're going to tackle in the chat box. So if you do indeed have one, use the capital Q at the start of your comments helps them stand out and makes it easier for me to see them in the chat box. And also do drop a like on the video and also vote on our poll that's going in the chat box right now. So have a quick check on that. 
which player for you is the most important to secure after Jesus? There's over a thousand of you watching. I'm sure we can get over a thousand votes on this poll before the end of the show. There's already 600 of you have voted. Keep voting on that poll in the live chat. If you're watching on Twitter, come over to YouTube and you'll be able to watch it and, and obviously vote on it. But the question was, which player is the most important to secure after Jesus? Uh, and 42% of you at the moment agree with me that Martinez, Lissandra Martinez, is the next most important, followed by Rafinha, followed by a potential central midfield option. Let's jump to your questions in the chat box and take a very, very, very quick break. Alrighty then, um, let's jump and have a look at some of the questions that have been coming in. I'm going to scroll up a bit because I know I would have missed plenty whilst I was just waffling a second ago. Um, let's go to Diana, who says, uh, if, we can't be, uh, if we can't bring in Tillemans, who could we go for that would cost the same and be equally as impactful? Really good question, uh, Diana. I think that in terms of a player that's going to be as progressive a player that's going to be as uh, technical on the ball. You know, I always point to Fabian Ruiz. I like Fabian Ruiz a lot. The difference with him is he's left-footed. Um, but he is progressive. He does like to get the ball forwards. He is direct of his play. He's very good technically. So I would look to someone like him as a potential option for Arsenal. Um, he's available this summer, £25 million supposedly is, is the asking price. So I think Fabian uh, is, is a potential option. Um, Odin offers up uh, Twin Coop Miners. The difference between Twin Coop Miners is that he is more of a, a Xhaka type than a, a Tielemans type. He's more of a deep line playmaker, spreads the play, dictates the play from deep. Um, very good passer of the ball, very progressive in terms of trying to get the ball further up the field, but sits back a lot more than Tielemans would. Is he too different of an option if we've already got Xhaka? I'm not so sure. But he's not a bad shout at all. Edwin says, "Morning, Tom. Can you seriously see who us? Uh, can you seriously see us buying all these players? Rafinha, Martinez, Tillemans, etc. We have spent roughly eighty million so far on Jesus and Vieira. Where has the sudden injection of cash come from? Now, if you go over to the Gooners Pod, which I did with Mike and Owen the other day, we talked through Arsenal's finances. Arsenal have significantly cut their wage bill." So significantly after getting a Bamiang, Urzil, uh, Lacazette, you know, in the past three years off the wage, we include Squadron Mustafi, Kalasinac, Socrates. Um, you keep going into there's, there's loads more that I'm forgetting about, obviously, as well. But there's so many players that Arsenal have been able to got off the wage bill, and that has enabled Arsenal to significantly lower um their, their wage bill effectively i'm just looking through the sales now joe willock of course has gone um uh, we've loaned out players significantly willian obviously we got off the books hector bellerin's wages have been off for quite some time and are expected to continue to be off this summer um we've seen who else has gone henrik mkhitaryan has moved on as well he was on really big wages if you remember um so in in this time that arteta has been at the club we've moved on so much uh in terms of a possible wage structure and also, we refinanced that loan during the... Um, we had a refinancing loan during the pandemic, which has enabled Arsenal to be a lot more freer with their money. And this is where, obviously, the criticism that the Cronkies don't spend kind of gets a little bit convoluted because the misconception is that they don't invest. Unfortunately, if, if, that's, if that's a point that you stood strong on for some time after 2018, it's not necessarily true anymore. 
the Cronky spend and your energy about the criticisms toward the Cronky shouldn't be about the spending. It should be about their decision making. That that has always been my criticism of the Cronkies, the decision making, uh, you know, with the Super League, with the appointment of Unai Emery, with the appointment of Arteta. You know, it was a big risk when we appointed him with the uh, the young kind of directors that we've got at the club that, that lack experience in certain areas. Those decisions have obviously cost us uh, at times. Um, but since 2018, the club is theirs. They own the club. And so therefore, if Arsenal spend, they're spending KSE money because they've bought out the shares. They own the club. Any money that the club spends is their money. Um, and so when Arsenal are spending big, as they have done in the last two summers and look like they're going to once again this summer, that is the Cronkies' money that Arsenal are spending because they own it. So it's... Um, yeah, we can't say they don't spend anymore because they they certainly do. It's just about how we're spending. And to be honest, under Arteta, I am very um, I'm very optimistic. I'm very encouraged by the business that we're doing. And so that is definitely a big plus for me. Uh, NVR says, Tom, we should uh, try to do a swap for Canales, who plays right mid and centre mid. Let me see how much Betis want Bellerin. Uh, interesting player, of course. Getting on a bit now, as you know. He's been around the block a fair few times. Uh, Namdi says, Tom, remember when I got you, uh, when I went on your show and told you I was sceptical about this summer? Get me Rafinha Martinez slash Hickey and Tielemans and my gods, I will have converted <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, look, I think a lot of people that have had their worries about the window hopefully will be reassured by what we're doing. Don't let anyone talk you down about Jesus. Don't let anyone talk down to you about him as a player, about he's not a good signing, about it's a risk. Because... For a very, very, very long time indeed, we have basically had the idea that Arsenal have needed to sign players that would get into Manchester City, get into Liverpool, get into Chelsea's squads. The only way that we were going to close the gap with those teams was signing players that would play for them. Of course, Manchester City have signed Erling Haaland, which is just not something we can compete with. But Gabriel Jesus... They didn't want to lose him. You know, they, did, they didn't want to lose Gabriel Jesus' Man City. They were more than happy to keep him. They were more than happy to keep playing him because Pep Guardiola loves him. It is the player's decision to move. It is the player's decision to seek more regular game time with that motivation to try and play. And that's obviously a very good thing after he's won plenty of Man City already. It's not like he's coming to Arsenal knowing that he needs to win trophies to add to his collection. He's already got plenty of them. He's coming because he wants to play and he wants to succeed in the prime years of his career. And Arsenal are getting hold of a player of great Premier League experience, plenty of goals, plenty of assists, and they're going to make him a star number nine in the team. And that could unlock even more than what we've already seen from Gabriel Jesus. And that's what makes me excited about him as a signing. So don't let anyone tell you that it's a terrible signing or he's not good enough for Arsenal, that he's a cast off or um, what's the what's the word that gets used? Um, reject. You know, the, the level of, of talking down on players like this is a joke, frankly. He's exceptionally talented. And it's it hopefully will be one of the best Arsenal signings that, that we make. Uh, Viraj says, does Phillips transfer to Man City affect our Rafinha transfer? The only way that it affects us is obviously Man uh, Leeds aren't uh, desperate for money. But I don't think it really affects the Rafinha transfer. They're looking at alternatives. They've got, arguably got more money to spend on an alternative now as well. But they'll also be looking for a central midfielder. Um, could Arsenal offer up something? I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, Dan says, Tom, how is Martinez a priority, for goodness sake, uh, when we have four central defenders in Gabriel, White's, Libra and Holding? If he comes in, it means players we've displeased in that position. 
Dan, what you need to understand is, of course, we're in four competitions next season. And you also need to do some research on the player. I'd recommend doing a lot more research on the player. Because Sandra Martinez came into Ajax as a defensive midfielder, transitioned to play more centrally in the defence, and can also play left back. Um, that coverage across those positions is crucial. You know, so many Arsenal fans are wanting Basuma or a defensive midfielder to come in and replace Thomas Partey or compete with him when he's not there. Martinez can offer Arsenal that. We need to rotate. We need to be in a position where we are on the level of Man City in regards to depth if we want to close the gap to them. And Martinez does that. Holding, I don't think Holding's future necessarily lies at Arsenal. Gabriel doesn't have any other left-footed defender competing with him for that left centre-back spot because Marie is going to go. Dan, I think that to write off Martinez is not a priority is, with respect, naive because I think it ignores all of the qualities that he brings to the club and addresses so many different needs that we have going into next season. Uh, Knuckles says, uh, Tom, seeing the links with Rafinha, would you have liked to have seen the club at least inquire about Gnabry? We don't know that that didn't happen, of course. We don't know a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. Um, I'm sure that maybe that there was a potentially an inquiry to the player's representative to see if he would be open to it. For me, Arsenal bids, uh, you know, we know that Arsenal bid for players once they have full agreement with the player and the representatives and they'll push forwards. With the Rafinha, they would have been given enough positive vibes from the Rafinha camp that they would be open to a move to Arsenal, hence why they're pushing forward to try and sign him. The reason why we didn't ever bid for Vlaovic of Fiorentina was because we never got the go-ahead from Vlaovic's camp that it would be possible to do a deal. I'm sure that we would have agreed a deal with Fiorentina without too much problem, but the problem with that was that we just never, ever were able to agree uh, and never get the go-ahead from Vlaovic's camp. With Rafinha, this is different. With Jesus, it was different. We've got the go-ahead, and now we're pushing to try and agree that deal with City, which we've now done, supposedly. Rafinha, hopefully we can do the same thing now and agree on a price with Leeds United. But there is a lot more um, competition for this deal specifically. Uh, Haroon says, Tom, if you would stop wearing the black T-shirts. Well, I mean, we're, we're in the process of signing some players. So I thought, you know, I'd branch out a little bit um, and get a little bit more wacky with the T-shirts. Uh, Matthew says, according to Tim Vickery, Jesus told the Brazil coach his favourite position is right wing. That's where he sees himself. Matthew, of course, opinions change, views change, players change. And now being offered the opportunity to play striker at Arsenal may allow him to rekindle that love to play that position. He's played that towards the end of the last season. We don't know when that conversation with the Brazilian coach with Tim took place. Um, I think it took place after, during the World Cup 2018, did it not? Or something like that. He talked about that. I don't know for sure. We don't know when that conversation took place. So his mind may be in a very, very different position um, than what it is now. So let's have a look. Uh, SW says, Tom, have you subscribed and liked the Guna Talk? Do it now. I mean, obviously. Obviously, I do. Uh, we get some great guests. Why wouldn't you subscribe to the Goon Talk? MBR says, Tom, we should try and do a swap for Canales. Oh, we've already done that one. I must have covered that twice. Uh, let's go to Mel, who says, Tom, I don't know about you, but to me, the fee for Rafinha sounds a bit ridiculous. Uh, is he really worth that much? Shed me some light. Um, look, the 70 million figure and the 65 million figure that you're being uh, you're being quoted is obviously broken up into specific parts. There'll be an upfront fee, which is expected to be around 45 million, 47 million, and then some add-ons that take it up to the 60s and the 70s. So if you think about it in that sense, it's an upfront, free, uh, upfront fee in the 40 to 50 million pound range, 
with add-ons. That deal is spread across a length of a contract for Arsenal. So you're looking then, you know, a 40 to 50 million pound deal spread across five-year contract. You're looking in the 10 to 15 million pound range per season. I don't think that's too much to pay for Rafinha. You've then got a factor in wages, of course, as well. And I would expect him to become one of our highest paid wage uh, earners at the club because of his because uh, of his age and he's coming for another Premier League side. But I think it's more than more than certain that this is a deal that Arsenal are open to to achieving and trying to do. And there will eventually, hopefully, be an agreement reached between the player, the players, uh, the player, the club and, and Arsenal. That's what we want to see. So, no, the price shouldn't concern you. The only time we ever talk about prices and players is when we're buying them and if they aren't performing. Two times. That's the only time. It's when we're buying or renewing and when they're not performing. Nicolas Pepe, all we've done is talk about the guy's price tag. Even in his first season where he got all those goal contributions, we were talking about his price tag because his Premier League numbers, because, you know, those that are a little bit biased towards Pepe certainly allow and just kind of skip over the whole stat padding in the Europa League. Actually, when you look at his Premier League numbers, we've always been talking about his £72 million price tag. Don't get me wrong. You know, those numbers for Pepe, they need to start being translated into the Premier League if you were ever going to justify that price tag, and they just never did. With Eddie Nketiah signing this brand new contract, if he starts scoring goals on the reg next season, we aren't going to be talking about his wage bill. So for me, Rafinha, if he comes in, I hope he succeeds because the more he succeeds, the less we have to talk about how much we paid for him. Uh, Martin, at the moment, there is no update on Leno. We're still waiting to see if this deal with Fulham gets done. Um, now that West Ham have confirmed that they'll be signing Ariola from uh, PSG, I think, uh, Fulham won't be going back in for him. So he's their number one target. Let's see how those discussions go. I imagine it'll be one of those that probably goes under the radar more as it gets close to completion. So let, let's wait and see on that one. Edwin says, morning, Tom. Can you seriously see us buying all these players? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, Lincoln, uh, Dave says, do you think that Vieira signing changed our trajectory regarding the transfer of Tielemans? I'd rather sign Madison from Leicester. Um, Vieira is a brilliant player. And I think that his style and his positioning is just very different, as Edu said, to what we've already got at the club. So it's hard to, to see why that would affect Tielemans because they're different players. I think that the club have looked at for a player that would compete with Erdegaard more so than Tielemans. Vieira was clearly that player. Um, and they were always going to do it. We just didn't know about it, which is never a bad thing. We love it when these deals that are, you know, going under the radar that we don't know too much about get done. It's it's always a positive. Uh, Ali, thank you so much uh, for the donation. That's really kind of you. Big up, loving the stream. Mark my words, we will not get Rafinha. Chelsea will pick him up. Well, Ali, I hope you're wrong, mate. Um, but thank you for the donation. Um, let's let's wait and see what happens with that. Uh, Rich says, Martinez breakdown said he was a centre-back primarily. Are you concerned about his height if he plays there being five foot eight, five foot nine? Uh, been a discussion on the Discord for the past few days and I'm unsure of his height. Um, again, re-watch the breakdown. We go into a lot of his aerial stats. Uh, we also hear from uh, Papi Mentor, who is from We Talk uh, Ajax, about how the fact that that's not been a problem for him physically. He's nicknamed the Butcher for a reason. Uh, he wins more aerial duels than Gabriel Magalhaes does. So I don't think aerially we have too much to worry about with Martinez. I think his profile fits exactly what Arteta is looking for in a defender. 
Uh, Gonzo says, why are people so obsessed with the order in which we sign players? Each deal goes at a different pace. It doesn't mean we prefer one position over another. It's just a matter of when we can get it done. Exactly. I think the thing with the start of the window, obviously, there's a bit of an obsession around making sure that we get players in early, you know, because Arsenal have tended to and stereotypically been quite slow and lackadaisical with their with how they're trying to do business. It's not always like that. It's just Arsenal sometimes struggle to get their business done at the early part of the window or they've been indecisive in some of the players they've gone for. And then when they've chosen, they've had struggles getting those deals done. The difference between that and this window is, you know, it's going quite well in the early part. I remember sitting here two weeks ago, three weeks ago, more than three weeks ago, saying it's the 1st of June. Why are we panicking? Why are we getting um, all uppity about the fact that Arsenal haven't done their business yet? I know that you guys are watching and you heard me say it, that I said I was very calm about the situation, that I'm not going to jump onto a stream and start moaning that we haven't done business. I said, if we got to July and we hadn't signed anyone, that's when I'd start having some complaints. But we're in June. We've got Fabio Vieira, Marquinhos, Matt Turner done. We're going to get Jesus done, it seems, very, very soon as well. We're pushing for deals for Rafinha and Lissandra Martinez. I could not be happier right now with the state of the window and where we're going. We haven't got certain deals done. It's not like I'm over the moon because they're done. They're not. But I'm very happy with what we've done. And I'm very happy with what we're trying to do. Uh, and I don't see any reason why anyone else shouldn't be, to be honest. It would really have to take quite your negative Nelly to have criticisms about the start of this transfer window, in my opinion. Uh, Craig says, uh, you would think that after the last transfer window's activity, supporters would be more relaxed about this window. It's like they've still got the PTSD from years past. And to be honest, Craig, I, ca I can forgive them for that. And I can understand that. Absolutely. Um, I can understand why there is this um, post-traumatic feeling around previous windows because we have failed in them. We have failed transfer windows and we've not acted decisively enough. So, Craig, I think that you've got to have some empathy for that um, apprehension that fans have had about this window. But what you can't, what I can't have empathy for is criticism that isn't due when we are improving how we act in the market. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we do in the rest of it. Uh, we've managed to get the vote over a thousand votes for the first time on one of our morning shows. That's amazing. Thank you so much for the support on the channel. There's nearly 1,500 of you watching live. If you haven't dropped a like on the video already, please do. We do these shows every morning at 8 a.m. other than Sundays. And I should mention that there won't be a show tomorrow, but there will be one again back on Monday. I try and take one day a week off. Um, sometimes I forget and do it anyway, but I am going to try and take Sunday off if I can. Uh, I, actually, I have to. I'm working seven till three. So I, there won't be a show because I'm working. Um, so I'm technically not even taking it off. I am just working. But uh, I'll be back on Monday, of course. Um, but let's have a check on the poll. Over a thousand of you have voted. Which player is most important to secure after Jesus? Getting a little bit closer now. 39% of you say Martinez. 35% of you say Rafinha. And 26% of you say the central midfield option. Very split. Very, very interesting indeed. Thanks, Sam, for pointing me in the direction of the poll. Much appreciated, my friend. Uh, Max says, Tom, please give us your Premier League predictions for this coming season. Top six. Love the show from South Africa. Thanks, mate. Uh, as of June 25th, that may change quite significantly. My predictions for top four are, you're going to love this, um, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Man... I feel like Man United may even finish lower than sixth at this point. Uh, but it is the 25th of June. But that's that's kind of my predictions right now. I think there's a chance that we see someone 
interesting a West Ham, a Leicester, a Newcastle squeeze into that sixth place over United. At the moment, United are in trouble. And I love it. I absolutely love it because I can't stand them. Um, Jasmine says, so, uh, do you think getting us, uh, do you think us getting Jesus could have a positive impact on the Rafinha? Uh, the opportunity to link up with Jesus day in, day out to enhance his World Cup opportunities in that Brazil team. Yes, I absolutely think that the Brazilian national side are looking at Arsenal right now because, of course, we've got Martinelli, we've got Gabriel, we're now bringing in Jesus. Um, Rafinha is, of course, linked too. We've got this contingent of Brazilian players and you, when, when you see national sides see a number of players from the same club operating, it gives them a better chance of playing for their national side because they've got that connection. They've got that chemistry. So, yes, I think there is a real good chance that he sees that as a big plus to getting into the Brazilian national side because if he plays well with Jesus, well, then there's the opportunity to see that happen on the international stage. Uh, Graham says, TC, uh, a bit of left-field signing would be uh, Josep Juranovic. Uh, from Celtic, Croatian international fullback who can play on both sides would cost between 10 and 12 million, 26 years old, fits the profile. Graham, I can't say I, I know the guy all that well, um, but I trust you. Um, and I'm sure you're offering up a very good option. Maybe it's someone that Arsenal have, have looked at in the past. Um, Philly says the TGT Comunitas Union has vetoed your day off. I'm sorry, but it's not technically even a day off, Philly, because I am working tomorrow. So it's not even a day off. Uh, let's go to uh, Abenav, who says, Hi, Tom. Uh, I just have a bad feeling that Saka is not renewing his contract. So we are going big for Rafinha. Uh, Jesus can play right wing as well. So you can be spending on a right wing. Uh, and it makes sense. I would go for, uh, make it make sense. I would go for Gakpo. Um, I have that horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach as well. Arsenal have got it as a priority to get him to renew this summer. I don't see a huge reason at this moment in time why he shouldn't renew. But there's nothing that will... You know, there's there's nothing that's going to convince me that Saka may not leave or may leave. You know, I'd, it's impossible at this point to know for sure. So let's uh, let's wait and see what happens with that. Um, thank you to everyone that's tuned in for today's show. Uh, what I will say is that I did receive an email yesterday. I obviously won't name it for obvious purposes. Um, someone that was concerned about the fact that they hadn't had their questions answered in the comment section. Just to address that, and I know I have addressed this before, but as there is right now over 1,400 of you in the chat, I can't get to all of your questions. So if you're throwing in questions and you're getting frustrated because I'm not reading them, I can only apologize because there is loads of them. I can't get to them all. And how I do it is I literally just pick and see, you know, we've got members and we have non-members and I hope that I am not prioritizing others. You may see the same names pop up and that's just that's just because obviously I see familiar names and sometimes they just stick in my mind. So when I see it, my mind's drawn to it and I read it. Um, thank you so much though for tuning in. And I can only apologize um, for not having to, not being able to catch all of your questions because it's, it's mad. Uh, we used to do this show back in the day and we had under a hundred listeners on a live show. I remember you doing these shows after games. I remember doing the shows, just a podcast once a week. We used to do a show just once a week. Imagine that TGT only doing a show once a week. You know, now it's like, 10 to 12 shows a week um and obviously we only had like 80 viewers so i could just answer all the questions it's very different now and i can only apologize for it um i i aim to try and have as many answers questions answered i can i don't prioritize member questions 
Members are just people that want to support the channel. They get their extras by coming on the shows for our podcast, of which we're having a members podcast on Sunday. And of course, they get access to the Discord server and the emojis as well throughout the season for those members that have never used an emoji in the chat. Show show the non-members what they're missing out on because there's some funny ones, that's for sure. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for making us part of your morning routine, as always. The support on the channel recently has been insane. We hit 1,000 likes on yesterday's morning show, um, which is unreal. We hit 20,000 hits on one of the morning shows for the first time ever. That's amazing. Um, I'm so glad you're enjoying the content. I'm so glad that you appreciate uh, me getting up ridiculously early every day to put these shows together for you all. And, and I appreciate a lot of you that jump in on Twitter um, and give me nice messages and on Instagram as well. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks so much uh, for that. And again, I can only apologize if I do miss any of your comments and you're wondering, he's, he's purposely ignoring me. I'm not, I swear. It's just, I'm just not, I can't catch all of them. It's impossible. Um, so yeah, thanks. Uh, I will see you. I do want to do another show because I know I said to you guys yesterday I was going to do a show in the afternoon. It didn't happen because I had to go up to London for the meal with the Arsenal Lounge guys. Um, I might do a show this afternoon. Um, I might try and get a couple of guests on. I also really want to do a phone-in show and get a lot of people's thoughts about the window because um, I get worried that this becomes a bit of an echo chamber sometimes. And, you know, people call that out and say I only get people on that agree with me. And then when I ask the people that don't agree with me to come on, that don't come on so i don't really know how i tackle that it's a strange one but uh but thanks so much um for tuning in i know i'm waffling and have been for some time but i mean hardly any of you have jumped off the video so you must enjoy me waffling sometimes thanks for listening i will see you bright and early on monday i will see you hopefully a little bit later on this afternoon as well uh and i won't see you tomorrow morning because i'm working but i may see you a little bit later on in the afternoon tomorrow well i will see you tomorrow evening because we've got a members podcast in the evening tomorrow as well so i look forward to that thanks as always do drop us a follow on twitter at the guna talk tv or at tom Cantor media link to all of my stuff is in the link tree in the description down below uh and yeah have a fantastic weekend i'll see you soon and as always up the arsenal get in there gabriel jesus it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.